This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, for the year 2023, the state of Alabama came in as number eight for inbound moves from Americans who were seeking less expensive living conditions, along with better options for jobs, their families, and retirement. The report comes from the United Van Lines National Movers Study. The report says that the moving trend is for Americans to move eastbound or southbound from western states. 29% of those surveyed made a move for a new job or a job transfer. 27% wanted to be closer to family and 14% for retirement. Alabama Congressman Robert Adderholt will join the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, on a trip to the southern border to view the crisis firsthand. Adderholt will head to Eagle Pass, Texas, where tens of thousands of illegals have now passed into the U.S. Along with his decision to make this trip, Adderholt stated that the number of illegal aliens coming into the U.S. since January of 2021, when Joe Biden assumed office, is more than the entire population of the state of Alabama, which is currently at 5 million. Border Patrol agents are reporting that more than 300,000 illegal immigrants crossed over in December of 2023 alone. Those are illegal aliens who have been processed by Border Patrol agents and then released in accordance with the policy coming from the Biden administration. This does not account for those who got away with no contact at all with any border authorities. Adderholt says the border must be secured for the sake of our nation's safety and sovereignty. A study into gambling here in Alabama has produced some very surprising and alarming results. State Representative Andy Witt is one of nine members of the state committee that was developed to look into Alabama gambling practices. Witt tells 1890 News that illegal gambling is going on in all 67 counties, and mostly it's going unchecked. Witt says entities from out of state are conducting the operations, and he estimates there to be almost 500 of these facilities in Alabama. The state lawmaker also says that he sent letters to all 67 county sheriffs asking them if illegal gaming was going on and permitted, and he only received a total of six responses on the matter. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall has also weighed in on this report from WIT. Marshall says that in order for Alabama's anti-gambling laws to be enforced, state and local officials must work together and have a strong relationship. He says that when that does happen, illegal gambling is curtailed in those areas. Witt says that his number one goal now is to see illegal gaming shut down and out-of-state entities from coming in. He's also in favor of a state gaming commission and increased penalties for those who conduct the illegal gaming. At the start of 2024, Huntsville Hospital announced a plan to purchase the DeKalb Regional Medical Center and to continue to provide local access to health care in that area. The purchase will include all physician clinics associated with the medical center, as well as any outpatient facilities. The DeKalb Medical Center will serve residents of the Fort Payne and DeKalb County area. The CEO of Huntsville Hospital, Jeff Sams, complimented the DeKalb Medical Center for maintaining a history of serving that community and says that it shares the same mindset and practices in order to join the Huntsville Hospital health system. Well, an execution date has now been set for a death row inmate here in Alabama. Kenneth Eugene Smith is scheduled to be put to death by way of nitrogen hypoxia between the days of January 25th and the 26th. This will be the first time in the state for an execution to be done using this method. The execution will be conducted at the William Holman Correctional Facility in Atmore, Alabama, Smith has been serving on death row for the 1988 murder for hire of Elizabeth Senate in Colbert County. 
For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, a man who was apprehended at the U.S. Capitol right after Christmas with a knife and machete in his possession turned out to be an illegal alien from Venezuela. 23-year-old Jose Marquez was caught by Capitol Police with a machete concealed beneath his clothing. Marquez is one of the thousands of illegal aliens detained by Border Patrol agents back in August of 2022. He was then released from their custody due to the lack of detention capacity, and instead he was put on a tracking program that was created as an alternative to detention. As the invasion of the U.S. continues at the U.S.-Mexico border, the numbers for December 2023, as already mentioned, show that over 300,000 illegal aliens came into the U.S. during that month alone and were processed by government officials and then released. At this rate, within the first three months of 2024, more than a million illegal immigrants will have crossed over into the U.S. And this will be all on top of the estimated 5 million that have already come in ever since Biden became president. Meanwhile, at the White House, Joe and Jill Biden's second dog has now turned out to be just as vicious as the first. Commander has now been removed from the White House after biting dozens of people on staff, and the last one was right in front of a White House tour. The dog bit the superintendent of the White House grounds on the arm while tourists looked on. The Washington Examiner writes that Secret Service agents, along with White House staff, have been terrorized by the dog for months even sending one officer to the hospital. The report also said that Biden refused an offer from Cesar Milan, who's a famous dog trainer, to help out in the situation, and that the Bidens apparently also refused to engage in any problem-solving discussions in how to best protect agents and staff that are working in this environment with a biting dog. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton even released a video a few months ago about the documents they obtained regarding the dog commander. Uh, Judicial Watch had uncovered first that the major, the other dog, had been biting many more people than had been acknowledged. He had to be removed. They brought in commander and commander just was out of control and he's bitten at least a dozen agents and maybe a dozen more White House staff and we still don't know the numbers. And what's frustrating to me is that we uncovered this happened in July, that he bit 10 Secret Service agents or attacked them, and nothing was done. I still want to know why the Secret Service left their hang- agents out the dry and didn't do anything to protect them by complaining publicly about this or going to Congress or such. And Harvard President Claudine Gay says she's out. She has submitted a letter of resignation right after the New Year holiday. Gay has not been in the position of president for more than six months, making her the shortest tenured president in that school's history. Gay garnered criticism when she danced around a question from New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik during a House committee hearing that occurred this past December 5th. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of antisemitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric, when and it is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews 
violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. The Manhattan Institute, along with Christopher Rufo, then revealed evidence of plagiarism in the writings of Gay. Some of those stolen lines were from a conservative black woman, Carol Swain, who expressed outrage when she finally confirmed that Gay had indeed plagiarized Swain's studies and writings. On top of all of that, on New Year's Day, another report came out adding six more instances of plagiarism to Gay's record, and a member of the Harvard Honor Council anonymously called on the president to step down. That council member said that the ethical violations that occurred from Gay would not have been allowed by that same honor council in cases that were being reviewed of student plagiarism. In her resignation letter, Gay says the reasons for her decision to leave were due to personal attacks on her that were fueled by racial animus. A big legal victory for True the Vote and residents of Georgia who are seeking to challenge and clean up the voter rolls in that state. Federal Judge Steve Jones has ruled in favor of True the Vote, Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips in a lawsuit that was filed against them by Democrat activist Stacey Abrams, former Hillary Clinton lawyer Mark Elias, and the U.S. Department of Justice. The lawsuit sought to stop any further efforts by any group to clean up names on the Georgia voter rolls that were deemed to be unqualified to vote by way of death or the fact that they moved to another county or another state. Judge Jones determined that no section of the Voting Rights Act was violated when Georgia election officials and True the Vote sought to challenge certain names on those voter rolls. This has been a three-year-long legal battle that occurred after True the Vote did research on the Georgia voter rolls after the 2020 presidential election, and they found that over 300,000 names were not legally qualified to vote in that state. Keep in mind that Georgia was claimed to have been won by Joe Biden by a mere 12,000 or less votes over Trump. Greg Phillips also worked with True the Vote in this matter, and further data that he obtained while he was in Georgia was used in the documentary 2000 Mules, which exposed the ballot trafficking operations that occurred in the 2020 election. Catherine Engelbrecht responded to this legal victory, saying that the decision is monumental, that it vindicates True the Vote in totality and continues the proper method of ensuring that voter rolls are accurate. Engelbrecht also said this ruling sends a clear message to those attempting to control the course of our nation through lawfare and intimidation that American citizens will not be silenced. And yesterday I reported that 230 current and former military leaders signed on to a document called the Declaration of Military Accountability. That document was sent in an email to leaders within the Department of Defense as well as made public to Americans in which the signatories announced their effort to stop, by whatever legal means possible, the willful destruction of the U.S. military by its own leadership. Dr. Pete Chambers is a retired special operations flight surgeon who signed that document. He posted a video on Twitter regarding his decision. Fellow citizens and compatriots, we are besieged on all sides by forces that threaten the Constitution and the Republic of the United States of America. We've sustained a continual multi-pronged attack upon everything we wore our uniform to protect and defend, the enemy has demanded compliance with an obvious systemic dismantling of our Constitution. Figuratively, we've answered the demand with a cannon shot. And although our Constitution has taken a beating, our flag still waves proudly from the walls. We shall never surrender or retreat. 
And there is a list coming out this week involving Jeffrey Epstein and a lawsuit that was filed against him and Ghislaine Maxwell by one of his sex trafficking victims, Virginia Jeffrey. This all happened before Epstein supposedly committed suicide in a New York City cell. A New York judge determined that the names of the high-profile associates to Epstein could be unredacted from that legal document and then made public, and that would all happen sometime in early January. It'll only be confirmation and no surprise to those who are already following the sordid Epstein saga that former President Bill Clinton's name will show up in that legal document at least 50 times. Clinton will be referred to as John Doe 36. I will keep tabs on this story and the Epstein list as it develops. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 